Hey, Google, play In the Marbles with Soda and Ethan. All right, playing the latest episode of In the Marbles with Soda and Ethan. Spinning out of control, here we go Foot to the pedal, till it's touching the metal Let's rock and roll, yeah So they and Ethan get them tigers to screeching I beat them, check the flags, last lap Nobody can beat them It's just that it's a party, put it on in the carpool And hear us talk a lot of NASCAR in the audio Singing loud, we don't just want it out of mode We're getting dirty around here, yeah We're in the marbles we're in the marbles Uh, we're in the marbles In the marbles Hey everybody, welcome to In the Marbles with Soda and Ethan. My name is Soda, you can find me on Twitter at Soda underscore Hunter. And I am Ethan, you can find me on Twitter at Viva La Ethan. And this is episode 15. Give me a driver, drivers, car combo, whatever you want. That that was the number 15 in NASCAR. Easy money. Uh, Michael Waltrip, number 15, Napa. You know the deal. The worst two-time Daytona 500 champion in history. <laughs> yes. <laughs> By his own admission. Yeah. He's the worst driver to ever win Daytona 500 twice. I mean, he's not wrong. I... I, I was thinking, I was like, well, you got Rick Ware right now, and you have uh, Clint Boyer. I go back to when I was a kid. It was Ricky Rudd in the Motorcraft 15. It was uh, Jeff Bodine drove it mm-hmm. later on after that. Or just before that, too, the 15 was Earnhardt, and uh, the Wrangler 15 was Earnhardt. And then it got put in, uh, Ricky Rudd got put in that car. And then you had, I think, Dick Trickle drove the 15 in the mid-90s when I was a kid. Hmm. I think it was Quality Care. Uh, I don't know. I believe that was a sponsor. The Bud Moore car. The 15's always oh. been Bud Moore. Yeah, For a Bud long Moore. time, it was Bud Moore. Mm-hmm. But that's old school. That's some. That's that's my wheelhouse right there. So uh, you've had an eventful couple of weeks. You don't need to go into it if you don't want to. But um, how was your week's? Man, I'll tell you, they're boring now. <laughs> they're so boring because I don't have my TV anymore. Like, oh, I'm sure most everybody knows that my house got broken into. Um, and yeah, they, they shattered my 75-inch TV. Uh, so I'm not able to watch the races. I'm not able to watch wrestling. I'm not able to watch anything right now. So uh, definitely uh, taking advantage of Twitter, Instagram, uh, some of the clips that people upload. So that's how I'm watching the races. How was your week, brother? I was in Disney World. Oh, I know. Oh, I, uh, I was putting as many pictures on Twitter and Facebook as I could without just being obnoxious about it. In fact, right before we recorded, I just put a slew of uh, pictures up uh, that I was going through. Uh, yeah, we started off the week at Disney Springs. Just me and my wife went. No kids. Just mm-hmm. an adult trip. So we started off the week with Disney Springs, which is like a shopping district kind of thing and we did a couple of resorts so we resort hopped a little bit they have like special bars and restaurants each one's got a little special something mm-hmm. then we went monday we went to uh, hollywood studios and that's the place that's got star wars land toy story land the the only uh, roller coaster that goes upside down which i actually rode and oh liked. nice i liked it 
surprise the mess out of me because I don't like things that go upside down. I didn't think I like roller coasters, but it turns out I like just about every single one of them that Disney has to offer. I probably wouldn't like Universal's because mm-hmm. they have some intense stuff. But the uh, Aerosmith roller coaster at Disney is like a thing. It's uh, one and a half inversions or maybe two inversions mm-hmm. something like that so you know you actually don't feel the first one because you're going 60 miles an hour when it when it hits it was that was a really fun day and then animal kingdom was the next day got to ride uh one of our favorite rides that avatar ride flight of passage three times which was amazing mm-hmm. then we went to epcot got to eat and drink around the world at their food and wine festival try all these dishes from all over the world and drinks from all over the world and rode that brand new coaster, Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind. Dude, oh, yeah. Let me tell you about this coaster. <clears throat> right now, you can only ride it twice in a day. You what? can pay for it. Well, it's because it's brand new and it's such a high demand. This is how they oh, get over that. I see. Uh, it's one. There's one right now. There's one ride in each park that you pay for. If you want, mm-hmm. if you want a Lightning Lane, which is a, a fast pass for it, right. where you skip the line. If you want that coaster where you skip the line, you have to pay for it. And it's like 15 a person, I think, something like that, to skip the line. Not not every ride's like that, just four total over the all four parks. Then you have a virtual queue you have to jump in mm-hmm. if you want to ride it for free. And you have to get on that virtual queue right at 7 a.m. Like, right. the park opens at 8.30. Mm-hmm. I was on the app, refreshed at 7 a.m. There was everything. It took me a minute to find Cosmic Rewind because it was way down at the bottom of the page. I scrolled through it twice all the list of all the rides, click the virtual queue and the first available virtual queue at seven Oh one and a half for whatever time it was, was mm. for like five thirty in the afternoon. Nice. They sell out fast, you know, so we got the, we got to ride it twice. though. and man, this coaster is the absolute smoothest coaster, the largest indoor roller coaster in America or in the world. One of the two, you get a different song. Every time you go, there's like eight different songs you could get. They do a reverse launch. So you're, going backwards, but then the coaster itself isn't straight. It isn't like a steady mm. car that's pointing one direction all the time. It's an Omnimover coaster, which means it spins you where it wants you to look because inside is projection screens all around. Oh. It is so much fun. Dude, I can't explain how much fun it is. Let me ask you this. How many times did you puke? You know, I was worried <laughs> about that, but I didn't feel it with that. Really? I do get motion sick. And I was oh. I was legitimately worried about that because there are two rides that I can think of on top of my head that I get motion sick from, and they're all Star Wars rides. And this is kind of similar, mm-hmm. a Star Wars type thing, you know. The Guardians is like Star Wars and Marvel. It, right. it feels like Star Wars when you watch Guardians of the Galaxy. And I was worried about that, but it wound up being pretty good as far as you know my tolerance of it. I did prepare and took a Dramamine before it. So I'm probably going to keep doing that just in case that's what did it. What? You took a what? A, a Dramamine, a motion sickness pill. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. That's cool. They they recommend, because it does make people sick. They we, they they talk about on online how certain types of motion sicknesses get triggered by this this ride. Because you're going fast and you're spinning right. while you're doing it. You don't, you don't just spin like a teacup or something. Right. You know, like a top. You don't do that. It points right. you. So it spins and points you. So one minute you're going down a loop straight ahead. And the next minute you're going down a loop to your left. Like while you're facing, like the loop is Ugh. moving to your left and then it jumps around. And you're moving to your right. Ugh, it's no, thank you. No, but it's fun. It's so much Ugh. fun. But you know, I mean, I have such a weak stomach that I, I would probably Ralph on everybody, but you know what? 
you know what is a really good way to kind of counteract uh, motion sickness? Hmm. Drinking a rowdy energy, the official energy drink of In the Marbles with soda. I recommend Dramamine, but you can go ahead and try your rowdy energy if you want to. <laughs> I'm going to. Ooh. Uh, the next day we went to Magic Kingdom, which is the one with the castle and all that, and did as much as we could. We actually could not. We opened and closed the park. Like mm. opened the park at eight a.m. or I guess eight thirty for us, mm. and closed it at eleven. Watched the final fireworks show on the ferry going back to the parking lot. We still didn't do everything in that park. Are now are your kids with you at this point? No, no, no. We we had no. the whole trip without the kids. Oh wow! Well, that is awesome. It was so different, you know. Obviously. Kids and Disney are it's a completely different experience. And we had our moments when we were actually meeting a character or something like that because we want a picture with the characters when you can get right. Them. And then right behind us, this little two-year-old girl runs up to Minnie Mouse as fast as she can and gives her a big hug. You're like, well, our two-year-old girl is gonna be gonna be that way next time we go, probably. Right. Yeah, you know, we're taking them back in uh September, actually on my birthday. We're going back for one day, like a Halloween party. And I we want to do the full experience again next February mm. with the Daytona five hundred, but we'll see. Yeah, we'll see how absolutely. all that works. I mean, I think that's the plan. Hopefully everything works out with that. Yeah, for sure. But I had a great, great week. It was a lot of fun. Because of that, I did miss most of the Loudon race, but I caught the end of it while we mm. were eating at a place called Steakhouse 71. So I saw Christopher Bell win the Loudon race. Awesome. And that just threw another monkey wrench and everything, didn't it? Oh, my goodness. Did it ever. Um, Man, we are super, super close to that 16 different winners. Kyle Petty still believes that's not going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen. I-, I think it's a really big possibility that it could happen. I just don't think it's going to. Do you have the amount of races left before the cutoff? Handy? Uh Four? Is it four more races for the cutoff? Uh, five. Four or five. So we need to throw complete chaos into it. We need two winners in five races. I haven't won yet. Yeah. Not a bad start this weekend coming up with a road course, you know, especially if, well, there are, there, there might be a driver or two that pop in that won't be in the championship contention if they win. They're just mm-hmm. going to win because you have to, like, what's the rule? Do you have to start so many races or just have so many points? Uh, you have to start so many races, I believe. Yeah, so if like A.J. Allmendinger decided he was going to come in and he right. actually wins that race, which he has done before, was it last year that he won that race? At Indy, yeah. yeah. If he comes in and wins that race, it won't affect the championship. Right, exactly. That's not what we want to have. We want like Bubba Wallace to win this race or something. We want chaos. Right. Somebody that can get up there and just mix it up. Why'd you go Bubba Wallace? Because, I, you know what? I feel like he's close now. I do. I feel like he's actually really close now. He's got close two, to, to winning. Oh, to winning. He's got you the unemployment line. He's got two straight top tens. <laughs> he's um, not having issues on pit road anymore. And you know, he's in good equipment. If right. they can just get it all sorted out. I mean, you never know. He was running in the top five this weekend a lot. Right. Yeah, and I'm cheering for Bubba. I really am. I hope he does have success because, man, there's so many people in this NASCAR community that doesn't want him to win just based off of his, you know, race. And that's mm, obviously another conversation for another podcast. But I always feel he's just overrated. Right. I mean, it had nothing to do with what color he is or anything like that. I I don't care about that. I don't care if you're male, female, black, white. I don't don't care. Right. 
Kyle Larson's Asian. I mean, we got all sorts of different races and nationalities that have come through this this sport for so so many years. And right. I don't know. We got Mexican descent up front right now. We got we got all sorts of junk going on. So right. I don't care. I, I mean, it doesn't matter to me. You know, I always thought that he was pushed so hard because of that, like pushed mm -hmm. by so many people because of that, which is a shame. Right. You know, because that puts him in a bad light to a bunch of people that see this and it comes off, I think, more as a race thing. Oh, when yeah. in reality, it's more like, look, let him organically get there. Right. If he organically gets there, then he'll he'll be there. I mean, it ain't like, you know, we're going to be throwing beer cans or something at the racetrack. If he wins, he's an Alabama boy for right. crying out loud. I mean, he raced him. He raced at my hometown down here. He raced in Mobile, Alabama. And he from Mobile, Alabama. Yeah. yeah. He's literally 45 minutes from my house. Pretty awesome. Yeah. I, I have nothing against the dude. I hate that he was yeah. so overrated initially, but once he gets going and he organically gets there, man, he's going to turn some heads. Oh, absolutely. We got a few things that we missed from last week. Yes. Uh, that we want to go through. Tyler Reddick. Tyler it was announced Reddick. that he is joining, speaking of Bubba Wallace there, joining 2311 Racing in yes. 2024. Is that right? Yes. So he's got a lame duck year and a half in the eight car. Yeah. That's weird. That's weird. And it didn't look, didn't sound like Childress was too happy about it. No. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know if I would be pretty happy about it either. So... Chances are he's going to, what we think, we talked about it off podcast. Mm. We think he's probably going to jump in the 45 and Kurt Busch is going to retire in 24. Like 23 yes. is going to be his last year. Yes. That's what we think. We don't think they're going to fire Bubba Wallace, honestly. I, I don't see that happening. Not yet. Well, I mean, what, now that's the first driver they, they, they got. Right. You know, and Michael Jordan owns the team. And I just, I don't know. I just feel like I hate to do that because I really don't want to make it about that, but I feel like there's a reason why they picked Bubba Wallace. One, yeah, mm. obviously potential. There's so much potential. Get him in good equipment. Get him going, really going, and you're going to see it. But you have this this major African-American athlete coming in. Mm. He's obviously going to try to give another African-American athlete a really, really good shot. Oh, yeah, for And sure. more power to him. He's done it. He's won. I don't see Bubba Wallace going anywhere. I think he's going to stay right there. He's he's good for that brand. I think the whole oh for sh yeah you know and it, it actually shocked me that Kurt Busch got the Jordan sponsorship over Bubba Wallace. Yeah, I uh, that was really shocking to me as well. Well, I figured and, Bubba Wallace was a poster boy, right? Yeah, because he's younger. Yeah, you know, like he's more stylish. Mm -hmm. He's more into like today's fashion and the fabs and stuff like that. So like that would that shocked me a lot, uh, you know. And I don't know why. I feel like for some reason, clearly, I don't know what I'm speaking. I don't know what I'm talking about when I say this statement because I don't. I'm not around these people. But it seems like Michael Jordan and kurt bush have a better relationship than bubba wallace and michael jordan maybe. and i don't know why i feel that yeah way, maybe but, i mean i don't know well i well you, you do have two completely different personalities as far as drivers go right now in different points of their career you know you have right. one up and coming that has been been uh dealt not bad hands but kind of mediocre hands so far and mm -hmm. he's finally got himself in good equipment and he knows he can do something with it if he's given a chance and then you have a former champion on his way out the door that's just there to have right, fun right and i feel like kurt bush is probably more laid back right now didn't used to be that so, way but 
Oh no! But right now, Kurt Busch is like the most mellow driver. Yeah, I have I have suspicions. Hmm. So, Kurt Busch said in an interview that he wanted to race uh, the next gen car and at least win in it uh, before he retired. Mm-hmm. He did that earlier this year at Kansas Speedway, uh, which I was at. Woo-woo. And another thing he said was he wanted to retire as Kyle Busch's Cup Series teammate. Do you think that's oh, going to yes. happen? Because I'm hearing yes. Kyle Busch is not, he's, he doesn't really have a lot going on as far as that goes. Are you talking so, about going to 2311 or are you talking about Kurt Busch leaving and going to where Kyle Busch is going to go? Oh, no. Uh, Definitely thinking maybe Kyle going over to 2311. Hmm. I mean, let's be honest. So the only reason that this contract negotiation between Kyle Busch and Joe Gibbs-Jason has not been sealed up yet is because of money. Be- Who I mean, because Ty Gibbs Joe is Gibbs. coming in next year. Right. I, so You know it's going to happen now after this weekend. You know good and well. Oh, yeah. Ty Gibbs is going to be oh. driving that 18 car next year if, Kyle, if Kyle's not there. So absolutely. And I would absolutely do it that way too. So – Besides Joe Gibbs in NASCAR, who's who's more wealthier? I would say Michael Jordan. Well, I guess it all depends on the sponsor. It all depends on who Kyle can get to go with it and who what well, he can negotiate. I don't know. Do you think I, I, there's a big consensus thinking that Kyle Busch might not even have a ride next year because he's asking for too much? And you know what? Like, if that's the case, okay, bye. Go back down to the Truck Series, win your championship, be the first driver in NASCAR history to ever be a NASCAR Cup Series. A NASCAR Xfinity Series and a Camping World Truck Series champion. Hmm. Oh, that would be that would be awesome! Like, come on, let's do this. They would win just about every race he entered. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> That'd be the worst yeah, I mean, truck series season in history. Not for us. <laughs> yeah, we'll be. Oh yeah, I mean, the fifty-one. So Kyle Busch he owns the fifty-one, the four, and the eighteen in the truck mm-hmm. series. Eighteen is. Uh, I think Chandler Smith has a really bright future. Um, I think John Hunter Nemechek, he's going to be around in that number four truck for a little a little bit longer. And why not go full-time in the 51 truck and go for a championship? It's going to be interesting to see how all that plays out because right now we don't really have an idea of what's going to happen. Uh, with Tigers right. making his first race this weekend, yes, I've, and he actually was not talked about, which is exactly what you want for a young, young right. rookie making their very first start. He didn't do anything. He rode mid-pack to back all day long, managed to get himself a 16th place finish, I think, after the DQs. Oh, okay. Yeah, 16th. And kept the car in one piece. You know, didn't wreck anybody, didn't do anything stupid on pit road. I mean, Pocono's a tricky track. And yeah, he raced for the win the day before. He'd come up just a little bit short. But, I mean, it's a different animal than Cup. And so for the fans that might be listening, you know, 16th might not sound very, very impressive. Uh, but if you break it down, he he won more finishing 16th, doing it the way he did, than he, than he lost mm-hmm. at all. You know, for one, this is highly stressful. You know, it's it's must-perform type of situation. Uh, first time ever being in a cup series at a racetrack as, as difficult as Pocono is. To be, you know, having all the fenders, not rubbing up against anybody, not making anybody stressed out or, or mad or upset with him. He had a very quiet day, and he brought it home. I'm happy. I'm super excited. Yeah, he even mentioned in his interview that uh, his whole thing being out there is that he doesn't race these guys. I mean, he races the Xfinity guys week in and week out, 
this is a completely right. different batch of drivers. Yeah. Right? There's only maybe two or three that, that actually cross over once in a while because he doesn't race these people. He wasn't about to go being super aggressive around everybody. He didn't want that. He, he just, he wanted to mind his P's and Q's. He wanted to, he wanted to drive without ruffling any feathers whatsoever. He didn't want to cost anybody yeah. who's running for any championships or any stage points or anything like that. He didn't want to cost anybody anything. His whole point out there right. was to learn the car and he learned the car oh, yeah. all the way up to 16. Yeah, absolutely. Great run. Uh, we can go ahead and get into Pocono. Uh, I didn't watch much of Loudon. I just know that Christopher Bell won. Uh, I don't know how much of Loudon you watched. I watched none okay. of it. Um, <laughs> I, it didn't look that exciting at the end of it there. So I'm not, I really don't know a whole lot about what happened in that race. I just know Christopher Bell won and completely turned the playoff standings on his head again. Mm. This week, we have two winners. <laughs> uh, first yeah. off, it was Denny Hamlin who won the race and Kyle Busch coming second. They apparently, about an hour and a half after the race ended, a, okay, these cars, they go through inspection. They go through inspection several times during the weekend, actually. I think they go through inspection initially, and I think they go through inspection pre-race, and then I think they go inspection post-race. So I think it's at least three times they go through right. inspection. Because, I mean, what's the point? If you have a car that doesn't pass inspection, what's the point of practicing? And then you don't start the race until you you know pass the inspection initially anyway. So right. one thing they don't do in the pre-race inspections is unwrap the car because the cars are not painted anymore. They are wrapped. They have a giant decal over the whole thing. So what they do in post-race is take the wraps off the car, see if the teams are hiding anything. Well, you know, I actually did not know they did that until this weekend. I didn't know that. I either. know. Isn't that crazy? You can't get away with nothing. <laughs> David NASCAR, come on. Joe Gibbs, those two cars, they might have been on all cars, but these two cars are the only ones teched because they were in the top five. Uh, the top two are scrutinized a lot more heavily than the other ones. But with Chase Elliott eventually being dubbed the winner, they did take his that way, too. They like more thoroughly. Joe Gibbs Racing apparently had extra layers of vinyl in certain spots on the nose and kind of like the front area of the car. And it was not supposed to be there. And NASCAR felt like it was there to gain an advantage aerodynamically so they dq'd him and joe gibbs come out with a statement today said yes we see that that was the wrong thing to do we know that's against the rules we are not going to appeal it we're going to take our punishment and we're going to fix the problem that that started it like like they didn't mean to do that but whatever there's a reason why it was done it wasn't some right. rogue employee doing it or right. something like that there's a reason why it was done that way and you know what so there's a saying in NASCAR, not so much NASCAR, just racing in general. If you're not cheating, you're not eating. How many times do you see JGR cars failing tech? Not a lot. Do they do they fail tech a lot? No, not not, not at all. Not not at this level anyway. No. You never see. When was the last? I think 1960 was the last time a winner was disqualified because in the Cup Series. In the Cup Series, uh, yes. the Cup Series. Okay, they have been kind of. Um, not taking the win away mm. the past few years, like fast 20, 30 years or whatever. If somebody got disqualified right. for the win, they wouldn't take the win away. They would take money and points away, but mm. the win would stand. Not now. Yeah. Oof. They, they took first and second away from Joe Gibbs, gave third place the win after the fact. So Chase Elliott is now a four-time winner this year. Uh, 
That's crazy. <laughs> you I mean, know what? I laughed though. I laughed so hard. And you know why I laughed? You know why I laughed? I know. I, we know the whole uh, the audience because there was one car that that eleven could not beat today, and it was Ross Chastain. He could not beat Ross Chastain. He couldn't get within eight tenths of a second of Ross Chastain. That was the closest he ever got to Ross Chastain at the end of that race. So on that last restart, what did he do? He put Chastain in the wall. Did he? Yeah, he run him right up the track and put Chastain in the wall. Hamlin did that. Yes. Really? I see. I did not see any sort of clips from mm -hmm. this, from yesterday's race. I don't. I, I don't know. I just. I don't know anything that happened. Ross Chastain picked the outside. And Hamlin got because outside you tend to get a better run off the corner mm. of turn one. It's a big wide high bank corner. So he picked the outside and he got a little bit of a nose on him going into the corner. And Hamlin just run right up the track, run right up into him and pushed him into the wall. Wrecked Chastain. Chastain come across the track and Harvick T-boned him, like nailed him. Really? But yeah, it, it didn't, it wasn't like violent, but it was a hard, like jarring hit for Kevin Harvick. He kept going. But so does this can, is this like uh Denny Hamlin's payback? It is. He he didn't fully admit to it, but it is. And Chastain was just laughing about it in an interview because he was he was smiling because he had such a good car and he was happy about it that he had such a good car and he was winning. And somebody asked, Well, do you think this was payback for like Hamlin's like, I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know. Do you think this is over? I don't know. <laughs> I don't think Chastain is letting it go now. Hmm. I hope he doesn't. You know, I hope he doesn't either. You know why? Because we need some ruthless aggression. You know what? I, like I'm we so got a, we got a road course coming up. Yeah. You know, it's we a got a good payback spot. We got road courses, we got short tracks, we got super speedways coming up. Man, this is what this sport needs, especially the pinnacle of NASCAR, the NASCAR Cup series. We need aggression. We need, you know fire we need passion we need these wins to mean something i don't know the best part about the whole thing though with hamlin and kyle bush getting disqualified hamlin finishes behind chastain <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i think now it flipped his opinion on whether or not that payback was actually payback i feel like he still thinks there's something out there that he needs to do what even Ham though he's hamlin on chastain because well, he's been he's been hitting him for weeks now. I mean, he's been bumping him out of the way for weeks, but they're not they're not going to mention that. They how, just mention the things that Chastain's done. How many times did Chastain wreck Hamlin? Twice, right? Chastain wrecked Hamlin at at um, Gateway once, Gateway. and then I think it was even at this point because then Hamlin is doing his old block the whole track right. thing like yeah. the kid on Xbox, old. FedEx driver 69 on Xbox here. Oh God. <laughs> Isn't that a good gamer tag? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm. <laughs> yep. We're working blue tonight. So, so, so that's what he's doing right there on Xbox. He's, he's blocking the whole track, trying to mess Chastain's day up, which by the way, Chastain still finished in the top 10, mm. but I felt like that was even money right there. As badly as Chastain could have wrecked him. He yeah. did not. He is as respectful as he could have been in that situation. I'd have put him into the wall long before it got to that point. But what what was the other uh, the other racetrack that they got together in? It was uh, Atlanta. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. He 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 he, he so, in Atlanta. He lost the nose underneath uh, Hamlin, and it come up the track and hit him. So let me ask you this: Hamlin said that he's going to repay 
Ross Chastain. Was would this have been the race to do it? Well, I guess he figured that they were going for the win, and that was a good time to do something and just not give a crap about who's on the outside of you. Right. And you know, I like just run right up the racetrack, and if he hits the wall, he hits the wall. And I understand that. But do you think he just might have gotten a little bit too excited about, oh, I could possibly win. I'm going to you know, punch my ticket here and, and, you know, cost Chastain the win. Or, you know, I feel like I would have raced him clean and then used that, you know, hey, I told you you have one coming, maybe closer to the playoffs. Well, they're both solidly in the playoffs anyway. Yeah, I feel like this one doesn't really matter because Chastain's still second in points. He's behind Chase Elliott, like a good margin behind Chase Elliott because I think the last four or five races, Chase Elliott's got top twos. Right. Right, so... Chase Elliott's far and away the leader in the points, and he's going to be the favorite going all the way probably to Phoenix. But, yeah, I feel like this was a wasted moment for Hamlin, and mm. I feel like Hamlin knows that now because yeah. it, he didn't even finish ahead of him. All ah. that all that work that he did, and Karma just kicked him right in the butt. <laughs> yeah. I loved it. I, I laughed so hard when it when it got that DQ came down. I thought it was hilarious. But like I said, they don't show Hamlin running Hamlin running all over Chastain for week after week after week. They just show the stuff Chastain does, which is fine. They want to paint that little narrative. They can do that. They can paint it all they want to. But I saw it because I follow Chastain. You know, I saw it when it was happening, even though they didn't want to revisit it. But they gotta sell tickets, brother. SNBC's gotta push a push something. Right. <laughs> well, it's, yeah. you know, Chase Elliott was behind all that when it happened and he said I thought Hamlin uh, handled that fairly. He gave Chastain just enough room to where he could make a decision where or not he was going to go into the wall. Like, what what kind of idiot comment is that? Wait, wait. Yeah, he, Chase Elliott felt like Hamlin did that fairly. He run Chastain into the wall fairly. That's <sighs> pretty much his words, yes. Okay, well, that's weird. Well, you know, Chase already had a little issue with him, too. Yeah, at, at, yeah even so, at the same racetrack that Hamlin did it at Gateway. Yeah. yeah. Huh. That's, hmm. I think he did that fairly. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, that's weird. <laughs> he, he put him in the wall fairly. Yeah. It's a fair move. Hmm. Weird. It's, man, it's so frustrating. It's so frustrating. Nobody's coming to the Chastain's, uh, nobody TV-wise, anyways, coming to Chastain's. Uh, defense at all right so i gotta scream it as loud as i can on twitter and here that's right so <laughs> let's see let's go through everything i think that's pretty much it pocono had yeah. a, it had a little part there in the middle where i fell asleep of course because it's pocono uh had an exciting thing right there at the end there was a bunch of different strategies that tried to play out but in the mm -hmm. end cautions just the stages kind of equalized everything and just how it went yeah so this weekend we have the indianapolis road course yeah, we're going to run a little shorter today because, mm -hmm. uh, in all fairness, we are going to try to record two episodes because next week's schedule looks a little rough. So we're going to try to do that. We're going to be uh, no, so, uh, yeah, good, tell everybody. Don't tell them. That's that's the podcasting magic. I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, when we don't have a rundown for Indy here when we record for next week's show, I mean, it's going to kind of be obvious. Yeah, that's true. Carry like, on. I don't even know at this moment if AJ Almendinger is going to be in Indy. That's true. Last year's winner, you think he would you think he would sign up for the race, right? Yeah. I'm pretty confident he'll be racing. So last year's indie race, uh, I hate that they don't run the brickyard anymore. 
I don't understand it. They want to run this road course for some reason. Mm. It and the road course winds in the middle of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Right. So they use parts of the, the actual big Indy 500 track, but not all of it. They use a bunch of infield. And last year it was a mess. Yeah. They had so many issues with curbs coming up like the bottom mm-hmm. of these cars would hit the curbs and it would rip the curbs in half and it would cause melees like huge pileups and with these cars being the way they are they better have figured that out oh i sure hope so yeah so they have this thing about trying to make this huge curb so when they have these little tight corners the car the the cup the drivers i'm sorry won't cut the corner short right like that, that's the whole point of it. They don't want anybody cutting corners short. They want to make you go in the, the way that they want you to go. But the problem is these curbs are artificial curbs. They're not like, I don't know how to, they're temporary artificial curbs. Yes. That are bolted into the racetrack. So when these cars hit them lap, because right, they're going to hit them. Right. These cars will hit the curbs mm-hmm. because that's what they do. They want to get as much as they can. If it puts two wheels in the air, whatever, they get as much as they can. And, when these cars hit the curbs, they constantly bang against that the bolts in the uh, in the asphalt and jar it loose, jar it loose, jar it loose, and then all of a sudden, towards the end of the race, all the curbs start coming up and get wedged into grills and go flying around in the air and tear cars up. And it it, it was such a mess last year. Yeah, it was just absolute mess. I think Joey Logano had a really bad, nasty crash out of it too. He hit like the tires or something. Yeah, something like that. You know, I saw a commercial where they used that clip to promote this race. Oh, uh, saying, hey, if you tune in, Joey Lugano is going to wreck out of the race yeah. and everyone's going to have a good day. <laughs> Woohoo! Sign me up. I guess that's the thing. They use Joey Lugano's crash to get people in. Because <laughs> I don't know, but they <laughs> used the clip of him wrecking off of a messed up curb from <laughs> NASCAR's incompetence on this racetrack <laughs> to promote this race. <laughs> It's like using clips of, oh, by the way, they also use uh, winning clips of um, past Brickyard 400 winners. Mm. Like, that's going to like gonna have anything to do with this road course. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's whatever. I guess AJ Allmendinger wasn't a good enough name to show the past winner. Yeah. So, they use Kevin Harvick, you know, people uh, like that. That's so, ooh, that's cringy. <laughs> that's really weird. It is weird, isn't it? I mean, I, uh, I didn't know why it was such a bad you know, to race on the big track. I don't either. I guess it it's from that one race, isn't it? It's pretty much that one race. Because ever since that one race at Indy where Goodyear brought a crap tire and they were popping tires every 14 laps. Yeah. And they had to throw a caution every 14 laps so somebody wouldn't kill themselves. Right. Ever since that year, mm-hmm. it seems like it, it seems like it was on the decline. Right. And I don't understand it either. Because I always thought it was an interesting race, just the spectacle of it. I was a kid when this thing started. Like, I remember 1992, like the end of 92. I remember the first test session at Indy. And you got to see Dale Earnhardt, Rusty Wallace, Bill Elliott, Davey Allison running on Indianapolis Motor Speedway. First time stock cars had ever been on that track. Right. The first race in 94 got over 60 entries. Yeah. Over 60 people tried to qualify for that race. Do you remember who won? I do. Oh, nice. Who won? Jeff you know? Gordon. Jeff Gordon, okay. Yeah. You know who the pole sitter was? Sterling Marlin. No. No? The pole sitter for the very first Brickyard 400? 
Jerry Nadeau. Rick Mast. No kidding. Yep. Earnhardt was outside pole and Rick Mast got the pole. <laughs> ah, that's wow. Isn't that that's, funny? That's interesting. <laughs> okay. I remember that because it was just so weird. I cannot tell you any of the other pole sitters ever in any of the Indy 5, any uh, Brickyard 400s, mm. but I can tell you that one. Wow. Because it was the first and it was weird. <laughs> I remember AJ Foyt used to uh, try to qualify for him too. I don't know how many he made, but I know he tried to qualify for the first one. Like I said, I don't know how many he made though. Yeah. But uh, yeah, over 60 guys tried the first race. So it was always a big deal. And when you have people like Dale Earnhardt win one, Jeff Gordon win one, I think Dale Jarrett won, a, won one or two. Yeah. I, Bill Elliott won one in the nine uh, Everham car too, didn't he? It was like yeah, a, so was, in a stretch of like four in a row. It was 2003 or 2002. I, I was really happy he had that little resurgence at the end of his career. I always felt, I always liked Bill Elliott. Yeah, for sure. So for some reason, they decided they were going to start doing the road course. It is what it is. I mean, it'll be entertaining because – it could be um, like a complete crap show. Right. Or it could be a really good road course where people just kind of bang on each other and knock each other out of the way and do whatever they want to do. Mm -hmm. Or it could have one guy just take off and win everything, like Chase Elliott, because Chase Elliott's kind of on a roll and he's really good at road courses. Yeah. I mean, I'm hoping that we get, you know, a little bit of drama. I think we definitely got drama um, last time we were here with the whole. Uh, AJ Allmendinger and Chase Briscoe and Denny Hamlin. I don't even remember who he was facing. Like, I remember AJ Allmendinger winning the race, but there was so much other stuff going on with the curbs. Yeah. Well, I'm talking about Chase Briscoe dumping Hamlin after he told, after he was told by NASCAR that he had a penalty. I don't, I don't remember that. You don't remember that? I don't. The 14 just completely punting the 11? I, I don't. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Well, that's <laughs> it, what happened. This was last year's race, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't remember that. Uh, yeah, that's that's what happened. So <laughs> I don't think I could watch most of last year's race. I think I was in a situation where I just I couldn't watch a lot of it. Oh yeah. And this year's gonna be kind of the same way because this weekend we're going to uh Nashville. Yeah. For Starcast. Nice. We're going to Starcast and nice. we're gonna get Matt Hardy's autograph, Brian Danielson's autograph, Barry Wyndham's autograph, uh Magnum TA's autograph, Road Dog's autograph. And Nick Aldis for uh, Travis Fowler. I think it's. Oh, that's awesome. I think that's who I'm getting. Speaking, I have it all written down. I, I have all the tickets bought. <laughs> speaking of, big shout out to Sammy Evans, Sith Lord Sammy on Twitter. He sent me one of those really cool um, RSC ECW champion exclusive Matt Hardys. Oh, cool. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Know. Yeah, I know. Um, so that would that'd be really cool to meet Matt Hardy. I hope you have a good time. And uh, thanks, Sammy. Well, he's going to complete a set for me because I got Jeff Hardy's autograph in 18 and Matt's going to complete that set. So I'm happy about that. And Barry Wyndham's going to complete, complete the Four Horsemen set. All right, what and set of the Hardys? It, is it the... Uh, it's the Epic Moments. Is that oh, what it's epic, called? Yeah, Epic Moments. That's right. Yeah, the return, the ladder match return. That's set. awesome. Yeah, it's going to look good. I think I'm going to go a different color paint pen than what Jeff did because the, there's so many colors on that box. Yeah, Jeff signed in pink. I think I'm gonna go like a neon green for Jeff. Ooh, uh, Matt. There, yeah, there you go. It'll match the box well. I think it'll look good. Also, I mean, while we're up there, we're gonna do like some things like maybe tour the Grand Ole Opry mm. or the Johnny Cash Museum. I'm actually really excited about that. Yeah, there's a cave nearby. I think we're gonna take the kids to. Are you gonna um, go? Wait, 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 wait. Are you gonna go caving? Well, I mean, we're gonna go in a cave. 
We're not going to like spelunking or anything. Are you going to like, <laughs> you know, wedge yourself in between the cracks and like? I have been in caves Ugh. before that had that, and no. that is that is intense. <laughs> I so I don't know what I was doing, but I was watching this thing on TikTok, and it was like this ten-minute video of this uh, guy who was trying to wiggle through caves and stuff. Oh, it gave me such bad anxiety. So I was just hoping you weren't going to do that. Well, this is a guided tour thing. Oh, so okay. it's not going to be me just freelancing down a random uh, cave. Oh, okay. Well, maybe next time start with that. <laughs> well, there's a lot of that, that kind of thing up in northern Alabama and, and Tennessee and all that area. So we're going to hit up one of those. That's and awesome. um, and we decided that we got some cheap tickets and we're going to SummerSlam too over there. Oh, I've never no. been to a SummerSlam. Whoa, super jealous. That's awesome. It was very last minute. Wow. Very last minute. It Look was like, you. we're so going to be paying for all this travel. <laughs> oh, I bet. <laughs> we're going to be paying for all this in a little bit. I know I know. after uh, I, I've been off work for a little bit, mm. you know, kind of like keeping everything at home settled. And I know once the kids go to school, I'm, pr- I'm going to end up going back to work. So that's going to be something to have to work your schedules and all that. Oh, for sure. But, uh, man, all this travel, I guess when you do it while you can, huh? Yeah. You won't be able to. Exactly. I think I have found my pick. Oh yeah. Yes. All right. Because I've taught myself into it since he's been in the top two for the last four or five straight weeks. Mm. My pick. Well, first off, let's go to our picks. Yeah. Before I do that, let's go to our picks. Suspense. So this week, thanks to all the DQs, we're going post-DQs since it all happened kind of the same day. Yeah. We're going to just do that. It, it ended up being the same for both of us. I actually boost both of us up a little bit. Oh, So good. it'll make us look better. My pick finished fourth. Christopher Bell giving me an average finish of 13.18 so far. And your pick, Alex Bowman, finished 11th giving you an average finish of 11.27. So we're hovering still about the same spots, which is how that's going to be. Mm. It's not going to change a whole lot more than that, but you never know. One of us could hit a 35th and another one could win in the same week and completely flip everything around. Yeah. My pick this week, because I'm looking on my list and I have not picked him one time. So I still have two more picks with this guy. Uh-oh. I have this pick and another pick. It's Chase Elliott. Ooh, you haven't chosen Chase Elliott at I have all? not picked Chase Elliott one time. I could have swore I did. Are I'm you looking? I cannot pick Logano, Hamlin, Cindric, Larson, Chastain, Kyle Busch, William Byron, or Christopher Bell. I can't pick any of those guys. Really? I have not picked Chase Elliott oh, one time. I still have go. another pick. I have him in my pocket, my back pocket, one more time, too. All right. Well, on the opposite end of the spectrum, I'm going to use up another uh, one of my drivers. I already chose him once back at Road America. My pick okay. is Joey Logano. <laughs> and I really oh. hope he doesn't win. I hope he wins because that means I can, you know, I'm going to pre order that diecast just because of this little league that we're doing, but I just don't want him to win. <laughs> It'll be uh, a good makeup for the awful crash he had last year. Yeah. So that's interesting. That is now taking Logano completely out of your lineup. Yeah. Thank- thankfully. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's going to do it for episode 15. Yeah. Going to be a little bit of a short one. I mean, to us, it's short. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
when we come back for episode 16, we're going to be doing uh, questions. And there's actually another little news note that I'm going to throw in there, too. Oh, nice. Just kind of discuss it. Sure. So first off, we want to thank the uh, podcast drafting partners. Uh, Fully Postable Wrestling Figure Podcast is one of my all-time favorite shows. Love those guys. Scott from that show also has Drunk Wrestling History, a really good not family-friendly show. (laughs) If you're going to go not not family-friendly, that's a good one to go. Uh, Doing the favor, they're on hiatus right now, but go back and listen to their back catalog. Really good stuff, good people. Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast is another really good listen that I, I I enjoy all the time. They always I love all the random things they go back and watch and talk about. Uh, Lap Traffic Podcast that's a uh, newer one to me. Bunch of interviews and really deep dives into yes. the sport of NASCAR. Jason Wolf and his uh, Chop Shop. He also has a podcast too called Howling with the Wolf. Jason Wolf is an amazing artist. I love so much of the stuff he does and i'm constantly getting with him and talking with him about maybe a custom figure here and there or a possible design or something like that i'm always talking with the guy it's really really good guy to get commissions from yes. to get your stuff commissioned and uh big underscore bane does our intro music and yes. he runs outsiders beard code which is full of great beard products, uh, balms and oils, and also some scented candles. Yes. And he has scents for all sorts of uh, occasions too, as far as seasons and stuff go. Mm-hmm. So definitely go give him a checkout. Uh, go check him out. And I'll give him a checkout. That doesn't make any sense. He might like go, it too much. He, go give him a checkout. Sure. <laughs> go check him out. Yeah. Uh, who do you got, Ethan? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Breaker and Bane's Power Hour. Obviously, one pro wrestler, one rapper, friends since the seventh grade. Get together and talk everything movies, comics, professional wrestling, and anything that makes you say WTF. Um, awesome show. I was a guest on it one time. Uh, I just love these dudes. Uh, you know it's fake, right? Where Brian Breaker goes in-depth conversation with professional wrestlers, referees, managers, fans, and anyone in uh, pro wrestling uh, for an interactive and insightful conversation. Um, oh, I I love that podcast especially just because how random it could get. You know, obviously it could start off as pro wrestling heavy, uh, but it could always end something, you know, talking about candy or, or, you know, whatever it is. Um, no holds barred with Bill Benis. So get ready for some no holds barred action with your host, the legend, the legendary Bill Benis and his co-host Bane, as they bring you the most insightful pro wrestling podcast ever. Tales from the estate. Uh, join Drew and his wife, Caitlin, as they take you on a magical trip full of gut-busting laughter, head-scratching random facts, and their top five favorite things. I love that idea <laughs> so much. That podcast makes me so happy. Um, another one is Pulling Up a Chair with our friend, A Chair Shot on Twitter, a podcast spotlighting anyone who loves pro wrestling action figures, including customizers, creators, and collectors, and people actually in the business. Um, big shout out to Rowdy Energy, the official energy drink of In the Marbles. I want to thank everybody for listening to this week's show. Uh, if you can, please rate and review us on all the different outlets that you hear this from. Also, uh, you can find us on social media, Twitter and Instagram at In the Marbles Pod, and you can find us on Facebook. Email the show at In the Marbles Pod at gmail.com. And if you go to watermaneuver.net, go to the left top of the screen and you'll hit the uh, search by store tab. Scroll down to In the Marbles. 
and you'll see three t-shirts from ours. Go check them out. I think you'll like them. We love them ourselves. Love to get some feedback on some of those. Uh, see if anybody picks up those. And what, what do you think of them? I, I personally like them. I love them. Oh, I love them so much. And um, before we get out of here, man, is there anything you want to add? Peace. Love. All the above. And with that being said, we'll see you next time in the Marbles. <laughs>